0: I'd heard about prostate cancer. Most men have. I even knew about the heightened risk for black men, which, when adjusted, means that it affects one in three of us. One in three. But this was only meant to happen to old men, other men. <laughs> that wasn't until it happened to me. I couldn't make these stories up. These are the stories the good, the bad, and the unbelievable. Our prostate cancer journey. So, strap yourself in and let's go. Episode 21 The Devil and Her Apprentice Do Not Wear Prada and They Live in Peckham. So, I spoke last week about Richard. That's Dee's father who I interviewed regarding his prostate cancer. A few months later, I asked Dee for an update on how her father was getting on. What I was totally unprepared for was the incredulous and heartbreaking story she would eventually tell me. So just going back a little bit, I'd suspected that Rich's prostate cancer had metastasized from what he had told me during the course of the interview that we had together. That means... The prostrate cancer had broken out of the protective coating of the prostrate and had spread to the other organs. All I could do was to tell Dee of my suspicions and suggest to her that she went with him to his next appointment, as much as he would object to it. He confirmed my suspicions when I did a follow-up chat a couple of months later, and he told me that the doctors had cancelled the operation that he'd been scheduled for. He was happy and thought that it was a good thing that he didn't need the surgery anymore. It actually wasn't and meant quite the opposite. He would either refuse to allow Dee Dee to accompany him to any more of his appointments, or he just wouldn't tell her. Richard had lived with his partner for over 34 years. He had one daughter with her, and four other daughters by three other women. He liked the ladies, and they liked him. His partner never made an effort to get on with his daughters. In fact, she went out of her way to let them know that they were unwelcome, and she wanted the bare minimum to do with them. In fact, if I was to say that she had a barely concealed contempt and jealousy towards them, I would probably be closer to the mark. She hated all of them with a twisted, rabid passion. There was also a possibility she wasn't a full deck of cards, shall we say. She'd also poisoned her daughter to be the same towards them, which was unfortunate. Anyway, for this story, let's call the partner Cruella and her daughter Cruella the Apprentice. Or maybe just the Apprentice. On the occasion when Richard was honest about how he was feeling, he would complain about aches and pains in his legs. Even then, he would play down what must have been excruciating pain as the prostate cancer had spread to his legs. When the country went into lockdown during COVID, he was classed as vulnerable and needed to stay isolated from the outside world. However, Cruella and The Apprentice had other ideas. Somehow, she and The Apprentice persuaded the kind-mannered Richard that he had to make an urgent journey to Corella's sister's house, over an hour away. Life-saving medicine? The final design for a brand new nuclear fission reactor perhaps? Something that was going to save humanity? No, a delivery of lemongrass tea was of the utmost critical importance, regardless of the deadly pandemic sweeping the country. This was on Mother's Day, Didi would find out about the beginning of her dad's final demise from her sisters, who were in more frequent contact with him. Didi got a call a few days after the actual event that her dad was not well. He had passed out over the steering wheel while driving to Corella's sister's house. Now, any right-thinking, decent member of the human race would have called the emergency services at the very least, but not this pair. No, it gets worse. Cruella and Apprentice think that Richard had actually suffered a stroke. How did they know? Well, of course, they Googled it, and the symptoms matched those of a stroke. They did this while they waited for him to come around, as you do. They then called one of Richard's best friends when the situation began to inconvenience them, and they got him to follow them as Cruella took the wheel with Richard slumped in the back. I couldn't make this up. Not to the hospital or even back home, No, they wanted to complete the journey for this wonderful lemongrass that was so precious. Richard's friend pleaded for them to call an ambulance for Richard, but it fell on deaf ears. And I'm just warming up. When Cruella and Apprentice had made a delivery, they asked a friend to lead them back as they didn't know the way. This friend to this day remains traumatised as his last vision of his dear friend was Cruella and Apprentice carrying the still unconscious Richard back inside the house. A call for an ambulance was replaced by their concoction of fish tea, a little ginger and garlic. I really wish I'd made this podcast up. It was Dee Dee's other sister, Sharon, that had informed her what had happened. As soon as Dee Dee heard, she called her dad. It was now the Wednesday after Mother's Day. Richard picked up the phone, but he was extremely breathless. He admitted he just didn't feel good. Before Dee Dee even asked him, about what had happened, she told him that he needed to go to the hospital. If I go to the hospital, I won't come back out, Richard replied with fear in his voice. Every word was followed by a painful gasp. Dee, Dee stopped him from talking and instead said she will ring Apprentice directly. Hey sis, yeah dad's here, we're just monitoring him and mum's making him some fish tea. We're going to give him some garlic and ginger later, said Apprentice. We're just going to monitor him for a bit A replied Are you sure? His breathing is not good at all Don't you think he needs to go to the hospital? We're here with him sis We're going to see how he is later Didi was distraught And the nonchalant approach to her getting some help Even more so If they had suspected that he'd suffered a stroke A few days earlier Why couldn't they just get it? Didi tried to call him the next day but the phone went straight to voicemail. She then sent him a WhatsApp message. She didn't get a reply, but the blue WhatsApp tick at least indicated life. She called Apprentice again. Dad's fine, sis. He had a good night. Both him and mum were on the phone. I'm just going to give him something to eat, she excitedly replied. Okay, keep me updated, Dee Dee replied. Sharon called Dee Dee on the Friday to tell her that her dad had been taken to the hospital with suspected coronavirus. His oxygen levels were at 74%. Over the next few days, the sisters would each try to call him. The longest call he could manage was six minutes. This rapidly fell to no more than two minutes as his breathing deteriorated. They had to resort to texting him as it was both painful to hear and painful for him to try and talk. The sisters then decided they would call on the ward instead to get updates on his condition. Cruella got wind of this and instructed the hospital that only her daughter was to receive updates which she would then share amongst the rest of the family they were left vulnerable and helpless as they were thrown crumbs of information from Apprentice when she felt like it Dad is doing better today he ate more than yesterday, Apprentice happily reported Dad has had really good improvements in the last 24 hours he's no longer on fluids Dad is improving he's doing really well Apprentice would regularly report all the good things the family wanted to hear. That was the point she purposely crossed her Rubicon. Richard managed to get a call out to Sharon. She knew it was her dad because the phone caller display said so. She was waiting for a voice and eventually it came. It was so weak and frail. But her dad managed to give her a list of instructions before ending the call. Unfortunately, his condition was contrary to the crumbs they were being fed by an apprentice. This was the first time that Sharon actually contemplated that her dad could actually be dying. Sharon called her sisters and she cried and cried uncontrollably. Sharon was sure dad was going to leave us. The reality of the call pulled on her heartstrings right into the next day. The next day, Sharon got another call from dad where he sounded much better than he did previously. Dad must have mustered up everything within him to call again, leaving her with an assurance that he was feeling better. When Sharon called her siblings, she was much better than the day before and did not feel that Dad was at death's door. The call from Dad, and then a positive update from the apprentice, gave them a bit of hope. On the Monday, which would have been his ninth day in the hospital, Apprentice alerted the sisters that dad was being moved. Looking back, with the constant stream of positive updates, it almost sounded like he was improving, hence the move. However, we now know the truth. One of the later updates from Apprentice had said that Richard's phone charger was somehow stolen. Ironically, with his phone dead, he wouldn't be able to call his daughters or even read their messages. That Thursday afternoon, they got the dreaded call that they'd hoped they would never hear. The hospital had called the sisters to tell them to come and say goodbye to their father. This was a complete surprise after all of the good reports they'd been getting from Apprentice saying how well he'd been improving. One of the sisters, Jackie, made her way to the hospital in a daze, meeting up with Sharon en route. They didn't care about the lockdown. To hell with it. When they arrived at the locked ward, the nurse on the intercom announced There are no patients in this ward. The last patient was moved out two days ago. Jackie and Sharon looked stunned. It didn't make any sense. Once the nurse had looked up Richard's name, the horrific truth finally emerged. Your father was moved to the end-of-life care ward three days ago, said the nurse. Through the tears, Sharon called Dee Dee while Jackie made her way on autopilot to the end-of-life care ward. It was indeed true. Richard was in the ward. With the current COVID-19 guidelines in place, only one person could be at the bedside. An apprentice was already there. Jackie furiously sent messages to Apprentice, begging her to allow her to say goodbye to her dad. The blue WhatsApp ticks would indicate the message were received, but they were also being ignored. Another update would eventually come from the Apprentice. Dad is dying, the hospital said. They called too early, so the next call we will get will be to say goodbye. Whilst all this was unfolding... Lady contacted Richard's sister to let her know her brother was dying and that it would be that very same day. Apprentice finally left the hospital late afternoon. She had left Richard on his final day to go back home to celebrate his life with a few drinks and music all to be preceded by a prayer meeting. Of course, none of the other sisters were invited to this prayer meeting. The next few hours were unexplainable They tried to continue as normal, but waiting for the phone to ring with that dreaded call was just horrific. Dee Dee took the opportunity to contact her 93-year-old grandmother to semi-prepare her with the news that was pending. It was such a hard call to make because mother and son had such a strong and beautiful bond. Richard loved his mother with his whole being. Something the daughters sometimes wished they had experienced themselves from him. Grandma answered the phone hurriedly, saying hello so quickly that you would miss it if you'd blink just to get the question in her heart and mind. How's Richard? she asked. For the first time, she was now going to know how sick her son really was. Grandma, he's not doing too good. Do you think he's got COVID? You could hear the trembling in grandma's voice. I believe it is mum, but he is still with us, but we're not sure of what's happening, Dee Dee replied. Grandma began to wail, that pain coming from deep within inside. I'm going to call you later, I'll keep you updated, love you, Dee Dee eventually replied before slowly putting down the phone. If you think this story cannot get any worse, so did I. Unfortunately, it got worse.